So we're in 1 Timothy chapter number 3. If you found it and you're able to, let's stand together. And we're just going to read uh, three shorter verses, verses 14 through 16 of 1 Timothy chapter number 3. Here's what Paul wrote to this young pastor. He said, These things write I unto you, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou ought to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. This morning, I'm going to be looking at, starting with this phrase in verse number 15, and it starts in the middle of the verse, which says, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. And on preaching on this subject, and I pray it'll help you, but I, I pray it'll challenge us also on how important is church. Now, I'm not so much asking how important church is in your life, even though that is the application to that, but how important is church just overall? And so we're going to have a word of prayer, and you can be seated as we get into the scriptures. Our Father, we sure do love you. Lord, thank you so much, Lord, that you've picked us up out of the miry clay. You've set our feet on the solid rock. You've established our goings. We are standing on the solid rock this morning. And Lord, I'm thankful that we can look into the scriptures, especially on this subject matter of the church. And I pray that you would challenge our hearts and our lives. Lord, that you'd encourage us. Lord, that you would teach us something. Lord, that would make us better servants of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to encourage those that are downstairs uh, in the overflow, if you can be keeping an eye and uh, just making sure it's not turning into a social gathering, sitting around the tables um, as they're down there, some of our teenagers and young people, um, as they get down there trying to escape from their parents. And so if we can keep it church uh, downstairs also, that would be a blessing. And uh, as we look here in the subject matter of how important is church, we come to 1 Timothy where Paul is writing to a young pastor about spiritual and practical matters in his life and in the church. We know from the beginning of 1 Timothy that, that Paul has left Timothy. He is the pastor of the church at Ephesus. And so if you go back and read the letter to the Ephesians, uh, that is being read probably by Timothy to the church there at Ephesus. In society today, and you will know this as well as I do, there is a watered-down an inconsistent and non-committal view of what church really is. Many times it's viewed as a social gathering instead of a spiritual family. Many have the feeling that they could take it or leave it. And that comes through by how quickly we place another priority over the church. This is not what's seen in Scripture as we see the church and how Christ speaks about it throughout the Scriptures here. And we'll look at the subject matter, and perhaps God would burden our hearts 
about this subject matter of how important God believes church is, but then may I also say how important that it ought to be in our lives. Now, I know there's a philosophy today, and there's thinking that, well, I can be the church just out on the lake. Now, I'm going to go off my notes for a little while because I didn't write this down. May I remind us that the very meaning and definition of the word church is a called-out assembly. If you want to go back and look at your Greek, that's the exact same thing that ecclesia means, is a called-out assembly. And may I remind us, you cannot be the church when you're by yourself out on the lake somewhere. Well, no, there's two or three of us. And you know, the Bible says where two or three are gathered together, may I say this, that is not speaking of it being a church when it talks about two or three being gathered together. The very definition of the church compels us to understand that there must be an assembly or a meeting together as we come. You cannot go out by yourself, and I cannot tell you, hey, listen, go out by yourself and be the church this week. You can't. We're the church when we come together and we assemble together the very definition of it. And as we look at this, you say, well, pastor, that's not what it is across our nation today. No, it's not. There was a church down in our town of Cleveland, Tennessee, when we were living down there, and it was known as the networking place. It was one of the biggest churches in town, and uh, it was known that if, if you're any type of, of business person or high in the community, that was the church that you went to because that's where your connections were going to be made. Can I remind us that I don't find that one bit in the Word of God? that we go to church in order to improve our social status. In fact, the opposite is true. As we go throughout the New Testament, when they would go to church, it would actually lower their social status because they were saying that they believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and identified with him instead of the religions of that day. So as we think about this subject matter of how important And yes, you can answer the question in your heart and life, how important is church to me and my family? I grew up in the era, of course, my dad was the pastor. Everything was scheduled around church. There was never a question, never a question whatsoever of Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. If there was a revival meeting, if the doors were open, we were at church. It wasn't, Dad, this is a good thing, and I'd rather go do this over here. No, it was being in church. That's the era that I grew up in. I see that throughout the Scriptures, but why is church important? And I want to just lay down some very simple thoughts from the Scripture, starting right here in 1 Timothy chapter 3. We see that it is important because the pillar that it is. The Bible says here in verse number 15, we've read it twice, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. If you go back and study that word pillar, Noah Webster defined pillar as a supporter, that which sustains or upholds that on which, and I love this, that on which some superstructure rests. 
That's how he defined the word pillar for us to be able to have an understanding. Now, as we say that the church is the pillar, you say, well, pastor, you're saying that. No, I'm reading what the Bible says. The church of the living God is the pillar and the ground of the truth. Nothing else in the scriptures is given this designation and importance like the church is. Now, we read a few places. You can read in Ephesians. I'll turn back there and read to us in Ephesians chapter number 2. And it's interesting that Paul was also writing this to the church at Ephesus, Pastor Timothy. Ephesians chapter number 2, speaking of the household of God in verse number 19, he said, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. We have Jesus that is designated as the cornerstone of the church. We have the apostles designated as the foundation of the church. But may I remind us that the church is the pillar of truth. We have such a purpose, and we'll get to it, that upon the shoulders of the church, the eternality of truth should rest. If there is one place that people ought to be able to walk in and to be able to hear none other than the Bible and gospel truth, it ought to be the church. Do you understand that the news media was never designated by the scriptures to be the pillar and ground of the truth? Never once. How many agree with that? You know that. You can change between four different ones, and they're all going to tell you a different story and say, what in the world am I supposed to believe? I'll say this. Go to the one place that you ought to be able to walk in every time and be able to hear truth, and you will hear it if the word of God is opened and being proclaimed. It's the church, the pillar that it is. Now, when we say this, and I loved how Noah Webster defined it when he said, upon which a superstructure rests. Do you understand the magnitude of the truth that rests upon the shoulders of God's church? We have the truth of the scriptures, We have the truth from the scriptures. We have the truth of what's happened in the past. We have the truth of what's happening right now. We have the truth of what will be happening in the future. And we have the truth of what's going to take place for all of eternity. We possess that truth, the pillar that it is. Jesus is the cornerstone, yes. The apostles are the foundation. The church is that which today upholds the truth. I love the term church. I know some have gotten away from it. I know some places they want to call it a fellowship. I understand that that's what they want to do. I understand some places call it a crossroads and some places call it a rock and some places call and there's all kinds of things. But I can say this, I just love what the Bible says that it's the church. 
I just love the term that the Lord Jesus Christ began using in Matthew chapter number 16, and we'll get there in just a moment, that Jesus used to be able to describe the assembly that is gathered together. Now, as we go throughout scriptures, and I know some may be sitting here right now and saying, well, the church just refers to that that universal body of Christ. May I remind us, I don't believe in an invisible church. I don't believe the Bible teaches that. I don't believe in a universal church. I believe in local churches that make up the body of Christ. And one of these days when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back, guess what? The entire body of Christ is going to be gathered together as the bride of Christ and will forever be with the Lord. Listen, the pillar that the church is, I do not take it lightly when it says Granite State Baptist Church out on the side of the road that that describes who we are according to the Word of God. We're the church. That's pretty important when the Bible says that the church is the pillar and ground of truth. You say, well, I've been in a lot of churches and they haven't had the truth. You're right. They have not upheld it, the pillar that it is. But second of all, and I made reference to this, not only is church important because of the pillar that it is, but may I also say that it is important because of the protection that it receives. You say, what do you mean the protection that it receives? Are you talking about our security team that's walking around here? No, not a bit. Even though I'm thankful for every one of them, you say, we got security? Isn't it glad you can't see it? That's the way it ought to be. But can I say there is an unseen hand that's so protecting his church, and the Bible says this, I made reference to it in Matthew chapter number 16. I'll read a couple verses to us over here, and this is Jesus speaking, asking some questions in Matthew 16. He starts in verse number 13, when Jesus came into the coasts of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I am, that I the son of man am? And they said, some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now listen, we have the promise from the Lord Jesus Christ, the protection that he has offered to the church that, listen, the gates of hell will not prevail against God's church. Now that does not mean that they're not going to try to beat it down. That does not mean that they're not going to try to fight against it. But I have found out this, being under the umbrella of God's church sure gives a protection for me and my family in life. The protection. Can I say this? It it never had the promise that the gates of hell would not prevail against the family. Now, I believe a family that can stand together, a husband and wife that are praying together, they have their children in unity, and they're serving the Lord together. Listen, I believe the devil's going to have a hard time being able to tear that family apart. But I found out this, 
Most of the time when you have a family like that, they're plugged into God's church. And I just believe that there's a protection upon God's church when he said that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You say, well, I can just get out there on my own and I'll just stay at home and I can, I can start doing this and I can start doing that. You get outside of God's church. Listen, there is no promise that he's not going to sift us. It's not a promise that he's not going to devour us. I believe church is important. You say, are you talking about Granite State Baptist Church? Hey, if God's ringing your telephone about you need to be in the church more, then I'd go ahead and pick it up and answer it. But I'm talking about church as a whole being important when we look at it in the scriptures. How important is church when it says that it is the pillar of truth, but then second of all, that the protection that it receives, nothing else has the divine hand of God that is protecting and watching over it like God's church is. You say, why is that? Well, because the church today is actually referred to as the bride of Christ, the bride of Christ. Now, you know as well as I do, we're just espoused right now. There's coming a day that we're going to be married to the Lord Jesus Christ. And some, for some, that may be a brand new concept from the scriptures. It's in there. We can sit down and talk about it and be able to show it to you. The church being the, the bride of Christ at that day that we're espoused to him and we're going to be married to him. That's why we have the marriage supper of the lamb. But you know as well as I do, someone starts messing with your fiance. So this coming Saturday, this young lady right down here is going to be walking down the aisle. And unless the rapture takes place on Friday night, they'll be able to set foot together, her and Quinn, and they'll be able to say, I do, and vow their love one to another. But you know, I found out this. Now, I've been going through marriage counseling with them. You know, I wouldn't want to try to hurt his fiance right now. I believe he'd probably come and take care of me or do his best to. There's an umbrella of protection that's there saying, listen, don't mess with her. But can I say this? How much more of God in the church? Of don't mess with my church. Now, I'm talking about from God's perspective. Now, I tend to be try to have God's attitude once in a while. And can I give a timeout right here? Don't mess with my church. Don't mess with my church. You say, Pastor, what's your responsibility? I said it this week. I said, listen, my number one responsibility every week is to stand behind this pulpit and to proclaim, thus saith the Lord, and here's what the Bible says. You know what I believe number two is? I'm going to protect the flock. And don't mess with my church. Don't come in, start talking bad about our church. I don't want to hear it. Now, yeah, it's probably true. Because you know something, every one of us are just sinners saved by grace, and I can give you a hundred things if you're looking for something negative on me. And I'll give you the list, that way you don't have to dig any deeper. But the protection that God offers to his church, listen, the gates of hell have not prevailed against the church. Do you understand there's times throughout history when they said, we're going to stamp that thing out. And we'll stamp it out by making the entire church just marry the government. And then it'll be state controlled. Hey, listen, even during those times, there were believers that said, no, that's not God's church. And they still met out in the wilderness. They still met. Listen, you get down into Virginia, start hearing about the Bible believers after this country was being settled. 
There were Bible believers that would go out into the pine groves of Virginia and they wouldn't even be singing out there because of fear of someone being able to hear them. But they'd get together as the church of the living God, proclaim the word of God, encourage one another and be able to stay together. Listen, the protection that is offered to the church, you say, pastor, are you worried about things? I try not to be worried about things. I do believe this, God's gonna take care of his church. I believe that 100%. God's going to take care of his church. You stay up late and you worry about all these things and just wring your hands? No. I've actually been sleeping like a baby, waking up every two hours. (laughs) No, I've been sleeping through the night. Man, I'm encouraged. I'm thankful. Hey, what's going to happen in the future? I don't know. But God's promised to take care of his church and the protection that he's offered. But then can I say this, and I'll take it a couple steps further. Not only is church important because of the pillar that it is, it's about time we start realizing the emphasis God puts on church. The pillar that it is, the protection that it receives, but then can I say this, third of all, the people that are a part. You say the people of the church? Boy, that's what makes Granite State so wonderful. So wonderful. You say, how is that? Well, here's what the Bible says back in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. I love this little passage of Scripture here, and it keeps reminding me. And we could take the time, but we heard it last Sunday afternoon that the book of Corinthians, the letter, is to the the church at Corinth, that body of believers that was gathering together. And look what he said in verse number 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 12. For as the body is one and hath many members... And all the members of that one body being many are one body. So also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been made all to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, now think about that. Where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? Can you imagine people walking around in your one big nose? This is what's saying right here, okay? Your one big nose. But can you imagine people walking around, they're the nose, but someone else is walking around and they're the ear. Well, the ear can't smell a thing. But then you got someone else that's walking around and they're an eye. And so it's a very simple illustration that Paul is giving to the church here saying, listen, it's not just one member that makes up the body, but all of us. But it's verse number 18 here. (coughs) But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, and this phrase, as it hath pleased him. You say the people that are apart, yes, that's why church is important, because they've been placed there by God. How many just wish, hey, I just wish I didn't have that thumb? You say, no, that's crazy. We need that thumb. So trust me, you can't say that about another member of the body either. I just wish we didn't have that one. I mean, a Tom Donahoe, we don't need that thumb over there, do we? Hey, we can't say that. You know why? Been placed here by God. 
And can I say not even just placed by God, but God's pleased by their placement. He said this, everyone as it has pleased him. So whether you're pleased with Peter Chamberlain being part of Granite State Baptist Church or not, guess what? God is. Because God has put me here. And if you're a member of Granite State Baptist Church, or you should be a member of Granite State Baptist Church, guess what? God's put you here. And who am I to stand up and say, I'm just not pleased that Josh and Ashley are over here. I'm just not pleased that they're part of our church. Who am I to say something like that? God put them here. Well, I just don't mess with them. Well, guess what? You can't walk on your hands either. It's not natural, but they're still part of the body. The importance of the body is the people that are in it. Now, you think about the diverse backgrounds and characters, I said characters on purpose, that are right here as part of Granite State Baptist Church. How in the world out there would we ever all come together like this and say we've got something in common? We wouldn't. Listen, there's some, I sit back and scratch my head and say, I'd never sit down with them on the outside. I say on the outside, I'm used to preaching in prison. We're in church now. (laughs) I'd never sit down with them on the outside and say, hey, they're my best of friends because I'm thinking we don't have much in common. But what is it inside the church of the living God that brings us all together? It's that every one of us that are here are pleased that God has put us here. And God is pleased that we're here. You have a vital part in the church of the living God because God placed you and God is pleased that you're here. Oh, no, I don't, I don't know about all that. Well, that's just what the Bible says. Listen, the people that are in it, do you know how it would be? I tried this for uh, a few weeks, two and a half years ago, uh, being able to get up here and just preach to an empty auditorium. I preached to a camera back here, back during COVID. I said one time, I preached at my kitchen table for that first Sunday morning. And thankfully, Brother Andrew was on his way into town and was able to swing by, get everything going, because things weren't right on the laptop. And we were having service right there at my kitchen table when everybody was quarantined. And I said, it's the last time I'm doing that. I said, I'm going to church and I'm preaching behind the pulpit. And I'll preach to a camera. Can I say this? The people that God has placed here, it's a whole lot better to be able to preach to a full auditorium than it is an empty one. You say, what makes church so important? The people. Born again, know that we're saved, baptized according to the scriptures, placed in the body. I'm saying, Lord, thank you for the church. Do you understand God thought enough about the church to put you here? And God thought enough about you to put you in this church. That's the church they need. But I'm thankful for that, that God has placed in the body the people that are a part. But then can I give you this and my fourth and final point as we look at it? Turn back with me to 1 Timothy where we started. 1 Timothy chapter 3 where we read that the church of the living God, the pillar... (coughs) and ground of the truth. And can I, can I give you this while you're turning? Do you understand in this passage of Scripture right here that it's actually making reference to the building that we come together in? 
because it says how you ought to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church. Makes reference to, hey, there is a building we can come to. Aren't you thankful for a church building we can come to? I'm thankful for that. But I want you to see this, and and I don't want to say it's more important than the rest of them, but I will say this. Why is the church so important? Finally, because of the purpose that it has. The purpose that it has. Listen, we can find good people. The world's full of them. I've walked into some places, boys, wonderful people. There's wonderful people that aren't here at church this morning. I think they'd be a little bit more wonderful if they were. But no, I've met wonderful people. They're not here this morning. I've met wonderful, hey, the church, the pillar and ground of the truth, but the purpose that it has, I believe, is completely summarized in verse number 16, and it is to preach the full message of Christ. To preach the full message of Christ. Do you know why we are left here? Now, I know it'd be a whole lot easier. Boy, at the moment that we get saved and we trust Christ, wouldn't it be wonderful if God just took us out of here and we could go to heaven for all of eternity? That'd be wonderful. But who would be around to tell someone else? Nobody. If at the moment you got saved and trusted Christ, you were taken out of here, I was taken out of here, we wouldn't be here to tell someone else. But I believe when you go back and look at the last words of the Lord Jesus Christ, listen, he has given us the message of Christ to be able to preach to every creature, every person that we come in contact with. What's the purpose of the church? It's to preach Jesus. We see that in Paul's life where he said, for I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucifying. He also said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he said, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. You know what our message is supposed to be? Jesus. Now when he says here that the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth, I like how he said, the truth. Does that make you think of any other verse in the scriptures? Maybe John chapter 14 and verse number 6 where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Do you understand what rests upon the shoulders of the church today is the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. You name one other group around this world that that is their focal point is Jesus. They don't have it. Every other focal point, if it's about salvation, it's about what they need to do to be able to get saved. No, our focal point's about Jesus and what Jesus has already done for you to be saved. You want to hear the truth this morning? Your good works cannot save you for eternity. You want to hear the truth this morning? Your church membership cannot save you for all of eternity. Well, I'm a part of the church. That's not what God's going to ask when you get to heaven. You say, well, you want to hear some truth this morning? Your baptism is not going to save you. Well, no, I was, I was sprinkled a little bit when I was a baby. Can I say this? Go back to the very definition of baptism. That's not baptism. You say, yeah, I was, I was baptized into the church and into the family. 
not God's family. Because the Bible says, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You know, there is not one work you can do in order to get you into heaven. Because Jesus has done it all. Jesus has provided all of it. Oh, you say, but pastor, I know I need to do this and I'm such a good person. I'm not asking if you're a good person. But the truth that is upon the shoulders of the church to proclaim today is the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he died for us, he was buried, and he rose again the third day. The church today is the pillar and the ground of that truth. That's why America is not saved today, is because there's not enough churches that are preaching Jesus. You say, well, there's this such and such a fellowship that's over there. Well, can I go ahead and just make things simple right now? If they're not preaching the truth, and listen, if they have the wrong idea about the people that are in the assembly, well, you can just go out there. It doesn't matter if you're here. If, you've, if they've lost the purpose and they don't preach Jesus and they don't hold up the truth, can I say this? According to the Bible, they're not even a church. Do I need to say that again? The church is the pillar and ground of the truth. And we better be focused on Jesus being our message. Now, the church is the only other thing besides the sinner that the Bible says Jesus loved enough to die for. You go over to Ephesians chapter number 5, and the Bible says that he loved the church and gave himself for it. You want to know how important the church is? Jesus died for it. And his truth is what is supposed to be upon our shoulders. You say, Pastor, that's a big message. It is, but it's a true message. And there is temptation everywhere around this world today to get off that message. You say, Pastor, I didn't come to church to hear a message about Jesus. <laughs> sorry. Not sorry. That's what we preach. We preach Jesus. One old-time preacher was asked by a younger preacher, he said, what am I supposed to preach in the Bible? He said, listen, it doesn't matter where you start in the Bible, but you better cut cross-country to Calvary and preach about Jesus as quick as you can. Because that's all we've got is the message of Jesus. And I'm saying, Lord, would you help us? Listen, I don't ever want to get to the point of saying church isn't important. Now, listen, if God's put you here at Granite State Baptist Church, you know when the church meets. I've seen it on some church signs that says uh, the church at Granite State Baptist meets at such and such a time. And they've worded it like that. That's just too much to put on a sign, in my opinion. But the church meets. We come together. You know something? I, I, I'm just old-fashioned and believe it ought to be made a priority. 
Okay, so I understand the Patriots will be playing at one o'clock one Sunday. I don't believe that's worthy of missing church over. You say, oh, we're good today. They don't start till 425. I knew what I was saying before I even made mention of it, okay? Hey, I just believe we ought to get back to the point that church is important because it's important to the Lord. And I'm thankful for it. There is no place I'd rather be than with my church family. Nowhere whatsoever. Someone made mention of it. They're not, they're not here today. I guess they didn't have the joy of the Lord when they made mention of it to me. They said, I can just see it on your face. You're just interacting with people and, and you just absolutely love that. And he said, that's just not me. And I'm thinking that's my church. That's, that's who, where, who, who and where God has put me. And the church being the pillar and the ground of the truth. And I'm saying, God, you tell us that church is important. And so perhaps in our lives, we'd realize from the scriptures, church is important. And perhaps it would become a little bit more important in our hearts and lives. You say, are you talking about nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, 12 o'clock? Hey, listen, I believe there's a few more that ought to stay around for the afternoon service. I believe there's a few more that ought to be here for our Thursday night services and be able to pray together and be able to study the word together. But can I say this? When we start looking at the scripture, I'm talking about making sure that Jesus is important in your life. Because that's the message, that's the purpose that we have is Jesus and saying, Lord, that's what I need. Now, if you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your personal Savior, can I say this? I'm thankful there's a church here that'll tell you about Jesus. And if you don't know that if you were to die today that you'd spend eternity with Jesus, then you're in the right place because we're going to do our best to be able to tell you the truth. And the truth is that every one of us are sinners before God. We've been separated from God. And because of that sin, listen, we're not able to enter heaven on our own accord and our own works. Someone had to pay the price for us. And the truth is Jesus paid that price. And the truth is the Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. The truth is the Bible says for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The truth is that there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The truth is that God's commanded all men everywhere to repent and that this is the accepted time and today is the day of salvation. That's what the truth is. And that's what our church needs to be holding up is the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ and asking God to be able to work. How do we view the church? Is it as God views the church? Or is it, I can take it or leave it, it doesn't matter to me. The church in the Bible is pretty important. And I'm saying, Lord, would you help us to have that same spirit and that same love for the church that God has. Through proclaiming him, resembling him, living for him, he is the truth and the church's message is all about him. God's not asking you to die for the church like he did. But I wonder if we'd live for him in the church.